What's up, Joe? What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sports 360. I'm Jeff Fennell, and as always, I'm here with my partner in crime, Rob Duran of Rob Duran Sports. Rob, what's up? What is up, Jeff? What's going on? A lot of stuff right now. Um, we always talk about dependent races in baseball. They're coming down to the wire. We have a little over a week to go. So that obviously uh, some jockeying going on, including with your New York Yankees. Uh, football season is off to um, its start. Two games are in the books. My Dallas Cowboys had a big win over yes, the San did. Diego Chargers. Last second field goal, Mike McCarthy, does still doesn't seem to know how to coach, but they won anyway. <laughs> and Tom Brady continues to defy everything we know about human beings and athletes. And the Jets continue to defy everything we know about professional sports teams. Oh, and that's boy. your team, bro. Um, what's your quarterback's name again? Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Rob, he threw four interceptions on Sunday. His first two passes were picked off. They lost 25 to six. And after the game, Zach Wilson had, I mean, he just, you know, he gave us some information that we couldn't possibly have known on our own. He said, I have to play better. No kidding, Sherlock. You threw four interceptions. <laughs> you have to play better. Really? Uh, oh, I think man. we knew that before Mr. Wilson said that. But um, you can't be too happy about your Jets right now. No, man, I'm not. I'm, I'll be honest. I will, I'm not expecting much from the Jets this season. There's a lot of people going, oh, maybe they'll go 500. No, no, we're not doing that. I'll be content with three, four, maybe even five is pushing it. I just want to see the young guys play better. That's all. I'm already looking forward to next year, but. Which uh. is a shame, which is a shame two games into the season. Um, look, for me, I just don't know what the Jets are doing. I, I, I don't know what the game plan is. Um, I, so. I don't know either. And, and my fear is that this ends up, as a Sam Darnold situation where you have this young guy, young QB, a lot of potential, because I think Sam Darnold is a good QB, and he's showing it. He's doing good with the Panthers. Um, and I think he's going to continue to progress and get better. But you're putting Zach Wilson in a situation where, you know, you got to surround the young quarterback with talent. So, you know, I'll give year one. We'll see. But the big problem, too, Jeff, is they don't have a backup who's a veteran. And I think that you need that. Because if you do have to sit the young guy, you want to have a veteran in there or you want to just have the veteran in the guy's ear, just coaching him up, you know, having that second coach, second QB coach there at all times, 24-7, you know, having this young kid soak up all this knowledge from this veteran and stuff like that. But they don't have that. That's very risky. You don't really see that in the NFL often when you have, you know, a young QB, that you, especially a first-round QB that you draft. You want to have that veteran presence around them 24-7, and the Jets don't have that. So I'm hoping they actually build. I trust Joe Douglas, the GM. He's done a good job so far rebuilding the team. But 
they need to surround this kid with everything and, and hope he succeeds. Can't have another Sam Darnold situation. Well, I, look, I, 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 I don't know what to say about the Jets. Um, look, I hope you're right. I hope that, you know, the, the young players get a chance to play and develop and that they get better. Um, I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm of the opinion that New York teams need to be competitive, which is part of the reason why the Knicks struggling in the NBA for so long until last year when they made the playoffs, the Mets continuing to struggle and the Jets struggling also at a time when the Giants aren't that good. The football Giants aren't that good. Um, you know, it just doesn't feel right. New York teams, LA teams, you know, you, you, you want those marquee franchises in those key markets to be competitive and, you know, the Jets aren't. And look, you know, you, you go through cycles where there's times you're competitive and times perhaps where you have to tear down and rebuild, but the Jets just have been a non-factor for far too long. And so you're hoping that that turns around. And I just don't know when that day is going to come. The never-ending cycle of rebuilding with that team. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, switching gears to something that um, I don't know if it's never-ending or it's going to have to have an end. But one of the most intriguing stories right now comes from the world of the NBA where we have essentially a standoff between one of the, you know, one of uh, the NBA's stars, an all-star in Ben Simmons and his team, the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Ben Simmons has made it known about what, a week before training camps open, maybe a little more, but he's made it known that, um, He's not planning to report. And this goes back, obviously, to last year's NBA playoffs, where Ben Simmons, quite frankly, did not play well. He didn't play well. He shot free throws terribly. In fact, I think he had the worst free throw shooting performance uh, in NBA playoff history for anyone who's taken more than 50 shots, free throws. Um, Didn't play well. He had that infamous, you know, game seven where he gave up, a, you know, a dunk in the, in the waning moments and tried to pass the ball. He didn't play well, um, couldn't shoot, was afraid to shoot, couldn't hit free throws, uh, got roasted, um, and rightly so. I mean, he, his performance was poor. And yeah. after that, you know, there was rumors of the, of, of, of the Sixers looking to trade him and They haven't been able to do that. And now Ben Simmons, you know, he met with the team back in August and said, I'm not playing for you guys anymore. I'm not putting on the Sixers uniform again. And now over the last couple of days, further reporting has come out where Ben Simmons is supposedly holding his guns, holding, you know, holding his stance. And he's not going to report. He doesn't care if he gets fined, lose salary and all the rest of it. And the Sixers are in a position of having to make a decision on what to do with Ben Simmons. So as training camps in the NBA begin to open, this is one of the biggest stories out there. A lot to talk about, but overall, 
your thoughts on Ben Simmons and the Sixers. This is ugly. And it's just starting. It's, it's going to get very, very ugly the deeper we get into this. And honestly, in the NBA, I haven't seen – I have no recollection of, of a situation like this happening where a player holds out um, – now, at least not for me, not in recent memory, where a player holds out saying he does not want to play for a team. Normally, we see these happen, you know, in season where, like the Anthony Davis situation where you request a trade or something like that. But I've never seen something where a player just says, I'm not coming back. I'm not putting on this jersey. I'm, I'm done. So, and when you texted me about this, I thought about the NFL and how we see this a lot in the NFL and it's mostly guys coming off their rookie contracts where they have a year or two left or the, they have their, uh, what they call the band-aid contract, uh, which is like a get-me-over contract. And now it's time to renew that. And they're going to hold out of training camp and, and OTAs and all this stuff to get their money. But Ben Simmons got paid already. So I find this so such an intriguing story. It, it's almost fascinating, honestly, to see, to see how this is going to develop and unfold. And what's going to happen? Like, who's going to blink first? Someone has to, right? Either the Sixers decide to trade him or Ben Simmons is going to have to put on the uniform and play. Or he's going to lose a lot of money in the long run. So I'm interested to see how this unfolds. You and a lot of other people, um, you know, watching this very closely. And, you know, you talk about Ben Simmons. And so let, let's, let's take a look at this story from various viewpoints. Ben Simmons, um, three-time All-Star, 25 years old, um, what, a 6'10", 6'11", point guard, yeah. um, who is a one of the elite defenders in the league. He was second in defensive player of the year last year. Uh, last year, he averaged 16 points, eight rebounds, eight assists. Um, talented player can't shoot worth a lick right but again you know um athletically gifted has size can rebound the ball can dish the ball can defend um and you know he's teamed up with Joel Embiid on the Sixers a team that right now is looking at a window of time where they believe they can compete for the championship so Ben Simmons is a talented player um, but I think, you know, we have to be honest. He stunk up the joint last last playoffs. Yes. He did not play well. He had lost his confidence, and he was a detriment to the team as they tried and ultimately failed to beat the Atlanta Hawks and advance to the Eastern Conference Finals, which was a disappointment, right? The Sixers were the best team in, in the East in conference, and so, you know, many people were believing that Philadelphia and Brooklyn had a date in the Eastern Conference Finals. As it turned out, neither team got there. But Brooklyn had some injuries. Philly didn't. They just simply disappointed. And there was no bigger disappointment than Ben Simmons. Yeah, he didn't have a, a really good playoff series. And, I, and I'm actually going to take something back. Jimmy Butler had a similar situation, and it wasn't as where he's not going to put on the uniform. When he was with the Timberwolves, he had a situation a little bit similar, but what he decided to do was criticize every single person in, in Minnesota. 
And that's how he ended up getting traded to the Sixers. So I wanted to make sure I added that in there. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's true. But, I mean, just going back to the playoffs, though, for the last year, Ben Simmons was terrible, right? Absolutely and, terrible. And, 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 and for me, you know, my thought was, first of all, you're playing in Philadelphia, one of the more unforgiving sports towns in the United States of America, right? And you know, he had a bad performance and he was going to have to live with that. Okay. Um, had Joel Embiid questioning, you know, that play at the end of that game seven had his coach, Doc Rivers, and we'll come back and talk about Doc in more detail, but Doc Rivers questioning whether the Sixers could win a championship with Ben Simmons. And so he was under a lot of pressure and you had people from all over the NBA and outside the NBA really on his case. Um, and I thought that Ben Simmons, given the talent that he does possess and the fact that he is only 25 years old, I thought he was going to go home over the summer and get into the lab and work on his game and yeah. come back with a chip on his shoulder and say, I'll show you guys. That's what I thought. And I have to tell you right now, this feels like a guy who doesn't want to face the music and just wants to run. That's what it feels like. And I did not expect that that would be his response. And for me, it's kind of disappointing that he's not taking this on as a challenge and saying, I'm going to show you and whether that you is doc Embiid, the city of Philadelphia, all the naysayers, the NBA world, I'll show all of you that I'm an elite player. I thought that's what he was going to do. And that he's not doing that is a disappointment to me. I definitely, I'm on board with you with that. And I didn't think of it that way until you said it. And it kind of light bulb in my head when you said it, because yeah, like, this is his opportunity, and I, and if I'm not mistaken, I feel like we spoke about this when they got eliminated, that he should go, you know, this is his chance to kind of ascend as a player, you know, take that next step and, and become, learn how to shoot a jump shot. It doesn't have to be three-pointers. You know, you don't have to follow the trend and start shooting threes, but step outside the paint, you know, do what you have to do. Become a better player, because he's been, like, analysts and, and all these people say, he could be a LeBron-type player. I don't think he'll be as good as LeBron James. We're not going to see another LeBron James for another lifetime. But he has the, the physical gifts, the physical skills. He was 6'10", 6'11". Could ball, he could handle the rock. He, you know, he's a good passer. Defensively, you've mentioned it, he's, a, he's an elite defender. If he adds some offense to his game, improves on that, the dude can be unstoppable. And and that could be the difference between the Sixers getting eliminated by a team like the Hawks, who, to all their credit, they you know they're a great team. They did a great job last year, but it could be the difference between them getting eliminated and them making it to the finals and possibly winning a championship. Him ascending as that type of player, because we saw Embiid take steps last year, and his biggest question mark for Embiid has been health more than anything. But he even took a step forward last year in his game. So Simmons doing that. 
could make all the difference for the 76ers, and we could have that conversation of them in the Nets going at it back and forth for the next few years. But the fact that he's choosing this route and saying, listen, I'm not doing it, you know, I'm very pro player in, in all sports, and, and we know especially, you know, in baseball, as I've mentioned millions of times here, I'm very pro player, but I also I'm worried to say uh, he should do what he has to do because he already got paid. My thing is I'm pro player because they need to get paid. You know, <laughs> they're the best of the world in the world at what they do. They need to get paid. Simmons already got paid. He signed the extension. He committed to the franchise. And now the franchise is asking you, listen, just take us to that next level. We need you to take us to the next level. And he's running away from that opportunity to be that star that, that Philly needs and Philly wants. Yeah, look, I, I'm a pro player, too. I've worked for players um, for over 20 years now. Um, and so, you know, that that is clear for both of us, right? Yeah. You know, but for me... It, it's about, it's just that fundamental, you know, meet the challenge. I mean, one of the, one of the things that we admire about these supremely talented athletes on a professional level, especially is their ability to push past all kinds of things, right? The physical challenges, the emotional challenge challenges, you know, losing the year before, but coming back next year and, and claiming the crown, you know, pushing past pain and injuries and all the rest of it, right? That's what we admire about these supremely talented men and women, right? That that is yeah. what they do and it's inspiring. And so for me, yeah, player advocate, sure. But it's it, like I said, I'm disappointed. I'm not, you know, coming down on him. Yeah. I, I really was hoping that he would take what, obviously the very challenging situation, a very negative situation but like I said, get in the lab, work on your game, you know, come back and just say, and, and, and like man up and own it. I mm-hmm. messed up last year. I need to be better. And I'm working on it. I'm 25 years old, got a lot of NBA ahead of me, and I'm going to work on my game. That's what I expected him to do. And it seems like it's not working out that way. And look, I'm sure there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't know that has led him to that decision. But from the outside looking in, um, it's disappointing to me. Now, the other thing, you talked about getting paid. Last year, Ben Simmons signed a max contract. Five years, over $177 million. So he has four years left on that contract. And $147 million, including $33 million for this coming season. So he's saying, I'm going to sit out. All I have to say is, that's a lot of cheddar to walk away from, right? $33 million. So we'll see if he really is going to go to that extent. Um, He's saying he's going to sit out. The Sixers reportedly are saying, We'll find him and we'll suspend him, right? And, you know, if in in training camp, he'll lose over $225,000 a day for training camp. And you get to the season, it's going to be over $320,000 he's going to be losing. Bottom line is, that's a lot of money that's at stake. And according to the way his contract is structured, 
he's getting half of his money before we get to the end of this calendar year. Right. So uh-huh. he's he, he, he may lose a whole lot of money very quickly, either October 1st or November 1st. Half of his salary is going to be paid for the coming season. So the season NBA season starts early October. If he really is going to sit out, it won't take that long for him to lose half of his money before the season's even a quarter of the way through. And then, you know, he stands to lose the other half if he sits out the rest of the season. And again, $33 million. Um, I don't know of any player that's walked away from that type of money, and particularly in a situation like this. And quite frankly, my opinion is, I don't think Ben Simmons is going to do it. What do you think? I don't think, I don't think so either. I think it'll be one of those situations where he'll hold out as long as possible right before that, that check is ready to, to hit the account. And I, that's a lot of money. I didn't realize his contract was structured that way. Wow, man. Yeah. That's a, that's a, a big risk. It is a big risk. Wow. Now, but now on the other side, the other side of the coin, though, I think the Sixers are running a risk as well. Because what if Ben Simmons sticks to his guns? Right? The Sixers do have championship aspirations. And I believe with all of his shortcomings, he brings a lot to the table such that the Sixers are a better team with him than without him, I believe. So it's not as if the Sixers can just sit back and say, well, don't show up, Ben. We don't care. No, they care, which is why in recent days, Joel Embiid has been singing Simmons praises. Doc Rivers has been out there saying we want him back. The Sixers are making sure that other people in the organization are getting the word out that they want him back. Now, part of that could be PR, right? Yeah. Because if, if Simmons decides to stay out, then he looks like the bad guy. Well, the team's willing to take him back, even though he stunk up the joint last year. And he still doesn't want to come back, right? So they can make him look like the bad guy. But the Sixers are saying all those things. But the team is, you know, they have some risk here too because I think they need this player because he is a good NBA player. Yeah, and it's what I wonder too is what is his value? What is Ben Simmons' trade value at this point? Mm. Because a lot of teams... He just admitted, you know, I'm not playing for this team. So now the Sixers are at a disadvantage now in terms of, well, what can we get for this guy if we do decide to trade him? Because he, he's reportedly he wants to go to the to either the Warriors, um, somewhere out west, uh, the Lakers or the Clippers, I would assume. So those teams don't have anybody to give up that's going to equal or come close to Ben Simmons as far as what the 76ers can get back. None of the players that these guys can throw around are, are going to help the 76ers take that next step. And it's like what you said, they're better with Ben Simmons. We know that. It's a matter of him wanting to improve and, and you know, become a better player, which maybe he'll do that on the, on the Warriors. Suddenly he'll shoot threes. But it's interesting to see that now, too. What is his trade value going to look like? He, the Sixers have no no ground to stand on to trade him now and get something of value back in return. And obviously they'll get something, but nothing 
like they would have gotten had this been, you know, a regular situation. So that's another thing to look at. You're right. You know, I remember years ago when Scott Boris, you know, one of the preeminent agents, baseball agents out there. And Scott was talking about Major League Baseball and, in his view, the penchant that Major League Baseball had to criticize its own game, criticize the pace of play, criticize, you know, um, certain other aspects of the game, players, you know, flipping bats and stuff. And this was before things started to change and loosen up in some of these areas, right? And what he said was, you don't see this in any other industry. He said that would be like the makers of Campbell's soup, kicking the can of soup, stepping on the can, denting the can, and then putting the can on the shelf and expecting the public to want to pick it up and buy it. Right. Mm. He was like, you don't, you don't kick your own product and then try to sell it to the consumer, right? And I'm reminded of that when it comes to the Sixers and to your point about Ben Simmons' trade value. The Sixers also have to look in the mirror and say they've done a lot here to diminish Ben Simmons' value, right? And now they want to trade him, and they've kicked the can, they've dented the can, They've they've thrown the can up against the wall, and now they're putting it on the NBA shelf and are saying to teams, we want top return for what we've already have shown you is a damaged product, right? Because they've talked about how he can't shoot. Doc Rivers said, I don't know if we can win a championship with him and all the rest of that. And then they want to put him out there and say, we want the best return possible. And so I'm reminded of what Scott said years ago. You know, you can't dent up your can, kick your can and all the rest of it, and then expect to get, you know, maximum return. And I think that's where the Sixers are right now. And right now, Ben Simmons' value is not very high. And then when you add to it that Ben Simmons is saying, I'm not showing up, teams are going to look at that and say, ah, the Sixers are desperate to move him. And if, they, if you mm-hmm. believe they're desperate, why would you give up top value in order to get a player in that situation? Yes, and that's a great point. It's a great analogy and a great point because it does put the Sixers' backs against the walls because now it's we either don't have Ben Simmons and nothing in return, or we take whatever the best offer is, whether it's you know a second-tier player and a first-round pick, and hope we get some value out of that or we don't get anything basically, you know? So, it, Oh, it's, yeah. um, and it starts with, and honestly, it starts and I don't, if the front office has said anything publicly, but it starts with doc who after that game, game seven, wasn't sure if he could win a championship with Ben Simmons, which is what he said. That's exactly what he said. And then speaking of Doc, on that point, because Doc goes on Stephen A. Smith's first take today and says that he was misrepresented. 
he said he never said what was reported that he didn't think he could win or you know he he didn't know if he could win a championship with Ben Simmons as the point guard he said I never said that he said what I said was I'm not answering those questions right now he said so but the narrative was changed and you know it was that I said we can't win with Ben Simmons and that's what he said today and Stephen A. Smith just allowed him to have this platform and agreed with everything Doc was saying and all the rest of it and whatever. I mean, we could talk about Stephen A. Smith, but I'm not going to. <laughs> but but that's not what happened, right? And you and I were listening to it even a few moments ago. Let me see if we could pull it up real quick and hear what Doc said. Hey, Doc, you think Ben Simmons can, can still be a point guard for, for a championship team like the one you guys want to become? Yeah, David, I don't know that question or the answer to that right now. Um, you know, so I don't know the answer to that. I don't know the answer to that. The big he didn't say I didn't want to answer that question. Yeah. Huge he difference. Say, right. So Doc can try to have revisionist history all he wants. But what he said was, I don't know the answer to that question. And the question was, can Ben Simmons help the Sixers become a champion, which is what they're aspiring to do? And he said, I don't know the answer to that question. Come on, Doc, stop it. And come on, Stephen A., even you should be better than that. And let yeah. Doc come on TV today and say, I never said that. No, Doc, you did. And this goes back to what the Sixers have done. They've made some mistakes here, too. Um, okay, but l- let's talk about this for a second. As, you know, Anthony Davis, right, said, I want to get out of here, right? He was with the New Orleans Pelicans, and he ended up with the Lakers, right? James Harden essentially said, I'm going to eat donuts and cookies, and I'm going to come <laughs> into camp, and I'm going to look like Uncle James. Um <laughs> Right. Right. And that's what he did last year. And he forced the Houston Rockets to trade him to to the Brooklyn Nets. Right. So we've seen, you know, we've seen players making demands. We haven't seen in recent times a player saying, I'm not showing up to camp. When Anthony Davis was, you know, not playing in certain games and demanding to be traded, it was in season. And Uncle James showed up, right, in preseason out of shape and and then, you know, started the season and, you know, was huffing and puffing up and down the court. And then he got traded. But we never seen somebody saying in the offseason, I'm not coming. I'm not showing up. I'm never putting on your uniform again. Um, The other thing, though, well, let's just let's start with that. So Anthony Davis did it. In, in his own way. Harden did it in his own way. So I lay it to you, Rob. What's the what's the what's the problem with Ben Simmons doing it? Oh, it's just I don't know if it's a problem or if it's more it's just different. Because of what you're saying. You know, it's it's in the off season. He's not planning to play, period. You know, at least James Hart, Uncle James <laughs> went out there and chucked up threes anytime he got the ball. He played bad basketball but he was dropping buckets. Anthony Davis was playing his games. I know they sat him out a few games here and there, but 
I don't know if it's a bad thing that Simmons is doing it as much as it is. It's just different. It's something that, at least for me, I've never seen before. It's just different, man. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, it is different. I mean, the circumstances are different. But here, I'll, I'll, I'll offer this. I also think that a key difference between Simmons and those other two guys, and those aren't the only two that have you know tried to force their way out of town. But when you talk about AD and you talk about James Harden, Anthony Davis was the best player on the Pelicans. And the Pelicans, in some ways, were failing Anthony Davis by not putting a team around him. Yeah. And that and that guy was going out there every night, giving his all, best player on the team, carrying that team, and not getting the support from the front office in terms of building the right pieces around him, right? James Harden, one of the most prolific scorers in NBA history, NBA scoring champion, um, you know, just a a transcendent scorer and player. And then the Rockets started going in, a, in another direction once the D'Antoni experiment failed, right? And now Harden is saying, what are you guys going to do here? Chris Paul is gone, you know, Westbrook is gone, and now you want me to be with this ragtag team. And he's saying, I've contributed too much to this league and to this team to be in a situation like that. And I don't know if he really said that, but I'm looking from the outside and saying, okay, I look at that differently than Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons has not contributed nearly as much to the Sixers and to the NBA that Davis and more so Harden contributed to the to the game and to their respective teams. And you kind of understood Harden saying, man, I need to be in a better situation. That man earned it. Right, He yeah. earned it by being a perennial all-star, one of the best scorers in the history of the game. Anthony Davis, one of the best big men we've seen in a long time. What exactly has Ben Simmons done? That he can, layups. <laughs> right, that he now can like get me out of here. That's the difference to me. I think if Ben was a guy who was like year in, year out, just like killing it, and somehow you could look at it and say the Sixers have failed him, you kind of can side with him a little bit more. But come on, Ben. You need to own up to your performance last year. And again, come on. Take take on the challenge and come back and show everybody. So you know, I, I, look at, I look at the other two guys a little bit differently just because of the stature of the players that they are, the contributions that they've made and arguably ways that their own teams had failed them. Yeah, and it's not like with those other two guys, they weren't the best players at James Harden, you know, once he left the Rockets, best players by far on their teams that weren't going anywhere. You know, the Rockets were going to make the playoffs because of James Harden, you know, and that's it. It's similar to like the Kobe situation when he was with the Lakers and had Smush Parker as his point guard. The only reason the Lakers made the playoffs then was because of Kobe, no one else. So, with Ben Simmons, it's a weird situation because it's almost it's almost like if um, David Ortiz told the Red Sox, I'm out the year after they win a championship, you know, something like that, where it's like you're a, a good player, 
Ortiz is a great player, but you're a good player on a great team and you're trying to lead instead of saying, you know what, let's run it back. Let's let, let me get better. Let's run it back. Let's do this. We got this, you know, and this is like the 76ers can get better, right? You, you can surround, you know, players and pieces, you know, shore up the bench, stuff like that. But their starting lineup is, is solid. You know, like I said, if Embiid stays healthy, he's going to continue to improve and get better. If Ben Simmons improves and get better, that team is going to be insanely good. Like the type of talent that Ben, the type of potential, I'll say, not talent, but the potential that Ben Simmons has at 25 years old with his physical gift, 6'11 point guard, elite defender, add some offense to that game, he's unstoppable. Take on that challenge, man. Run it back. Get better. Like you said, get in the lab, get better, do something. You know, this this was his chance to say, all right, let, let, let me carry this team. Embiid is a great player, but I know if I get better, if I learn some offensive skills and, and add that to my game, we're going to be the champions. And there's nobody, not even the Brooklyn Nets, that can stop me. That's the kind of potential I think Ben Simmons has. And he's running from that. He is. I believe he is, too. And the last thing, I guess, on this... Um, again, because I see risk on both sides. I see Ben having the risk of losing all that money. I see Ben having the risk of really tarnishing his reputation around the league. You know what I mean? Um, And again, he's 25 years old. He has a lot, you would think, a lot of NBA, um, you know, play ahead of him. Um, And if this doesn't turn out well, I mean, he could, you know, really damage his reputation. Um, and so he has some risk there. Um, the Sixers have some risk as well because the way they've handled this, you know, are they going to be able to attract free agents in the future, you know, with a coach mm. who, you know, says one thing publicly and then tries to run away from it and, you know, a, a front office that openly criticizes, you know, one of their star players. If you're you know, if you're a marquee free agent, do you want to come into that type of a situation? Um, they also have the risk of needing to keep this team intact and having Ben Simmons to be a part of it because their championship window is going to close. Joel Embiid is 28, but he has a lot of miles on his body um, yeah. and he has some injury problems already. And then the other thing is if the Sixers end up trading him, First, they got to get back a good haul. But if they found a a willing trading partner, trading partner that would give them the assets that they were looking for, they still run this risk. And that is that Ben Simmons turns into a guy. You know what I'm saying? That he turns into something special. And then they're going to have to look themselves and their fan base in the mirror and say, we messed that up. Right. So they, they have some risk here too. So there's risk on both sides. So in my, in my experience, when you have significant risk on both sides of a potential situation, transaction, dealing or whatever, that usually leads people in those situations to come to a resolution. 
And that's what I think is going to happen here. There's too much risk on both sides. Ben Simmons has risk. The team has risk. They're going to have to figure out a way to go forward. And it's not going to be pretty, right? It's going to, it's going to require both sides to swallow some pride and, 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 and so forth. But that's, what's going to have to be done. And I think because of the risk involved, I would say, I think there'll be a resolution. And despite what Ben Simmons is saying, I'm going to go on the record today to say Ben Simmons is going to play for the Sixers this year. I think he'll play with them. And, you know, as you were just saying that, you know what came to mind? The Aaron Rodgers situation with the Packers. Mm. And this seems very similar to that, where he was very adamant about, I'm not going. And he waited up until the last minute. They came to a very, it was a very ugly situation. They were both going at each other publicly, the Packers and Rodgers. Um, Rodgers, when he finally came back, he was not holding anything back in the press conference. He was very straight up, and they came to a resolution where this is basically his last season with Green Bay, and he'll be free to go elsewhere after this year. So I wonder if, and I don't know, you know, the inner workings of the NBA contracts and stuff like that, but I wonder if the resolution ends up being some type of buyout situation after this year where Ben Simmons can either be a free agent or they agree to do some type of sign-in trade or or a straight-up trade after this season as a compromise to bring him back and and try to run it for one year. Yeah, I don't know. And um, and, and the Rodgers situation, you know, does bear some similarities here. Um, But, um, yeah, you know, you got to hope that, um, you know, there will be some resolution here at some point. But um, obviously a big story and one that we will keep our eye on. Um, Before we jump on up out of here, um, I I, I have to give you an opportunity to talk about your Yankees. It's the only baseball we're going to talk this time around. Lord knows I'm not talking about the Mets. Um, (laughs) But your Yankees right now, as we speak, are tied with the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, The Yankees are playing right now against the Texas Rangers. Um, You know, Yankees win tonight. There'll be a half game in front of Toronto with, what, 10, 11 games left to play? Um, Or maybe nine, I guess. Um, But those are some tough games. A three-game set with Boston, three-game set with Toronto, and then a three-game set with the Tampa Bay Rays. I'll give you the last word on this edition and tell us about your Yankees and how you think they're going to run that gauntlet as the season comes to a close. I'm more afraid of that three-game set with the Rays end the season because the Rays and the Yankees don't like each other. And the Rays clinched the playoff berth today. Um, they got the AL East, and, and good for them because they continue to somehow exceed expectations year in and year out. Um, but, man, that three-game series against the Rays, normally you win a division, you kind of rest your players. The Rays are not resting anybody that series. So <laughs> we shall see. But I can't say that I'm comfortable with where the Yankees are because um, they shouldn't be here. You know, they went on that 13-game winning streak, and then they decided to go 2-11 and in what seemed like the next 13. 
and kind of put themselves in a hole. But as a, as a baseball fan, and even as a Yankee fan, I want to see them dig themselves out. And I want to see them grind out these wins and, and play for themselves. You know, they have to do it themselves here. They can't scoreboard watch and hope somebody loses while they're playing. And, you know, if they lose, it's, oh, whatever, we're okay. No, you have to win. You're facing the, guy, the people in front of you. You're facing the Red Sox. You're facing Toronto. You got to beat them if you want to make it. And that's what I want to see. I want to see my team show some guts. I want to see them grind out wins. And I want to see that they're capable of making these playoffs and making some noise once they get there. Um, I was happy to see Severino back yesterday. He pitched two innings. He looked good, good command. His velocity isn't all the way up, which is expected coming off uh, Tommy John and all the other injuries he came back from. But I think him with Mike King in the bullpen are going to be two pieces that if they make the playoffs, are going to be good compliments in there. Um, I'm not too scared, Jeff. I'll tell you, I'll be honest. I'm not worried that they're going to miss the playoffs, um, but it's going to bear watching. I'm going to closely watch each game. I've been saying I'm going to Fenway on Saturday to watch that game. It's not what I expected it when I was bragging about going a couple weeks ago, but we don't need to bring that up. Um, We don't need to bring up the Doc Rivers tape here. Uh, <laughs> your version of the Doc Rivers thing, because you were you were so confident that, that the Yankees were going to put the Red Sox out of their misery. But look, here's yeah. the bottom line, right? If the Yankees make the playoffs, they will have earned it because yeah. of the way the end of the season schedule plays itself out. So you know, and if they if they end up in the playoffs. They will have earned it, and they would have they they'll deserve it, and they can look themselves in the mirror and said, "We did it because they have to face the teams that are in front of them right um but if they don't, then they have to face up to the fact that you know mano a mano they got beat, and yeah. you know what all you can hope for is an opportunity to go head to head you don't have to scoreboard watch or any of those things. you just have to go out there and beat the team on the field, and if you do that. And if they do it enough times over these last nine games of the season, they'll be in the postseason. Kind of simple. Simple as that. I think they right. make it, though. I do think they make it. Well, Yankees Red we... Sox wall card. Okay. We shall see. Um, but um, we'll come back next week, and we will check in on the Yankees one more time. But that'll do it for this edition. Um Thanks for everybody who's listening. And and uh, we're going to come back again, Rob, and we'll keep an eye on the Ben Simmons situation, keep an eye on your Yankees, um, NFL, and all the rest of that. So good rapping with you, man, and look forward to doing this again next time.